Hello, and thanks for listening to JoJo's Hi. Bizarre Podcast. My name is Mark. I am also joined by Miles. Hey. Hello, Miles. Hello. Miles, how you been? How's your how's your week? Um good. Pretty busy. Busy. Well, thanks for making time. You're welcome. <laughs> We're also joined by Jackie. Hello, Jackie. Hi. Jackie, how's your week? I mean, I pretty much know. But Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We don't have to talk about it. We don't. It's good. It's all everything's fine. Everything's fine, folks. And this is a fine podcast about JoJo's okay. bizarre adventure. Ordinarily, but this week we're watching a different anime because, listen, <laughs> listen. It, it's spooky season and we wanted to watch some stuff that we knew was spooky. We have Patreon picks as well, but we're holding out a little bit to watch scary stuff. And I looked up a list of like, what are some good scary movie anime so we can see the whole thing instead of a series where you see three episodes and go, what's going on? And so Memories was on a list by Polygon or The Verge. And so we watched Memories, an anthology movie for this week's episode. But I would say it is like 80% not scary. Maybe? Yeah, some of it is very silly. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're all cool. It's three quote unquote short films uh, that totals about two hours. And we're going to go beat by beat, blow by blow for you on those short films in a little bit. Because as much as we love talking about memories, sometimes we need to make memories together with our listeners. <laughs> you were like a how-to with John Wilson there for a second. <sighs> a little bit. I need I need more random shots of, of fucked up things in New York City. Yeah. Um. But we're going to read some emails that our listeners sent to us. And you can email us too. The address is jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com. This week, wouldn't you know it, we have an email from Chad. And it's actually two emails from Chad. This email is entitled Another Another Email. And this is Chad following up on his previous email for Voice Connections for Another, which is the show we watched last week. Uh, Aloha JJB Pod Ohana. Here's another batch of JoJo voice connections for another. The meaner looking of the class three glasses girls, Takako Sugiura, is voiced by Misato Hukuen, who also voiced the TV version of part three Joe Bro Iggy. That makes sense to me. She had like that deep, threatening voice that Iggy the dog had. Dark haired male class three member, Junta Nakao, he's uh, shown coughing during the montage in episode one is voiced by Kengo Kawanishi, who also voiced part four enemy stand user Teranosuke Miyamoto, whose stand was Enigma. You know, with the gun and the paper and stuff. Uh, Chad continues, If you keep watching, you might hear part four character Shinobu Kawajiri, who's young Hayato's mom and the quote-unquote adopted wife of Kira, and part five torture victim Mario Zucchero, whose stand was Soft Machine, the big boat condom stand. I don't remember that. Uh, most people just remember the torture dance. Yeah, his stand made no sense. Okay. Anyway, happy spooky season. Mahalo, Chad. P.S. Mina birds are actually pretty common here in Hawaii. Apparently, my uncle, when he was a teenager, used to have a pet mina bird that could talk. They're pretty cute, in my opinion, and seem smart. Chad posts a picture, and you know what? That's a cool bird. What are mina birds? Those are, are that that's the bird that she has in the yeah in the show. That's okay. the bird that says it looks like a crow. 
Rechan Doshte. Yeah. Cool looking bird. Yeah, it's cool. Miles, uh, we also finished another yes, the did. show. Oh, did you love it? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh I, we don't want to spoil anything. But it's, it gets crazy. It's a mystery. It's very mysterious. It does, does end up does anything being a mystery. Happen? A lot of stuff happens. A lot it. of oh, okay. kids die. There's some dead kids. But you expected that. Um. Yeah. Uh, Miles, can you read this other one from Chad? The memories. Memories. What is that? What am I doing there? I don't know. That's from. That's from one of the Kanye People albums. They offer. Yes. It's not Blood on the Leaves, but it's that album. Okay. Jesus. Memories of Tubi's very awkwardly placed ad breaks. Aloha again, JJB Padohana. Here are some JoJo voice connections for the anthology film Memories. Salvager Heinz Beckner from Movie One. Magnetic Rose is voiced by Tsutomo Isobe, who also voiced the Lost Movie version of Joestar Family Patriarch George Joestar I. The unnamed boy of the third movie, Cannon Fodder, is voiced by Yu Hasashi, who also voiced Honorary Part Two Joe Bro and Future Mayor of New York Smokey Brown. The unnamed U.S. military officer from movie 2, Stink Bomb, is voiced by Akio Otsuka, who also voiced Honorable Part 2 Pillar Man Warrior of the Winds, Wamu. The Japanese military general manager slash prime minister from movie 2, Stink Bomb, is voiced by Chikao Otsuka, who also voiced the 1993 and 2000 OVA versions of Part 3 era Old Joseph Joestar. Also, he's the father of Akio Otsuka. Aoshima, bespectacled tech expert of the salvage ship Corona, is voiced by Shigeru Chiba, who also voiced Part 4 enemy stand user Yoshiro, Ghost Dad Kira, stand name Adam Hartfather. I remember seeing the box for the DVD version of Memories in just about every video store that carried any amount of anime back in 2004. My guess is most retailers figured having a movie associated with a guy responsible for Akira would move units with even casual anime fans. I never would have guessed it would take me nearly two decades to finally getting around to watching it, so thank you and whomever picked this for helping check off that box. Hope all is well and good with everyone. Mahalo, Chad. P.S. If cost and actual costume handicraft were not an issue, who or what would you most want to dress up as for Halloween? Ooh, good question. So if, like, shit, if cost and money, whatever, wasn't an issue. Yeah. I, if this is too fucked up, tell me to leave it out. <laughs> but I've had the idea, I'm sure people have done this, to be R. Bud Dwyer for Halloween. Who? Miles, do you know who R. Bud Dwyer is? No. He's like a corrupt politician from some Western state who shot himself on TV. And to people who like are of our same age and like saw like a shock video when they were first getting on the internet, it's like you I think you'd kind of know who this is if you had like the manila envelope and you were wearing a bald cap and stuff. Um but in that case it's not cost or handicraft. I think that's doable. I think it would just be It's, it's a taste thing. It's a yeah. it's a taste thing and as a father it might be weird. I feel like people would be like, hey, "Are you that guy who shot himself?" <laughs> and I'd have to be like, "No. <laughs> I'm someone else with an envelope that has a gun in it." What what was his name? R Bud Dwyer. Okay. Air Kids, Bud. look it up. 
You've probably seen it, Miles, because you were friends with me. <laughs> oh no, that's right. Apparently, Norm Macdonald was notorious for showing this video to people, and when he had a sketch TV show, he parodied it. Mm. Anyway. I, I don't know what I would do. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know who I would dress up as. Like, I like David Bowie a lot, but I wouldn't dress up as David Bowie. You have to do a lot of dieting to be the thin white duke, though. Or a lot of cocaine. Mm, that's the shortcut. That's the shortcut. How about you guys? Could I be a, a man with a face hugger on my face? Oh, that'd be cool. I guess, yeah. I guess if there's no limits on the actual handicraft, if you could figure out a way that you could actually fucking see mm-hmm. while you have the face hugger, that's a good idea. Maybe it'd be fun to go as tuxedo mask. You get to wear a tuxedo, you have a cape, and you could throw roses at people. Throw roses. Mm-hmm. Well, I've already been Sailor Moon. Oh, you have? Yes. There's a picture of me with my friend at work. He, my, A friend at work was tuxedo mask, and I was Sailor Moon. Ah, that's fun. Okay, what if you were Selena and I was the fan club manager who killed her? No. Is that... Okay. No. Can't do that. Uh, what's wrong with me? I've already been my hero, Zoro, so there's nobody else I could be. Um, Does Zoro have a sidekick? He has a um, a mute sidekick. He's like his butler or something. He's like his, his servant. But he's mute, but he also pretends to be deaf. So that he people will, like say shit in front of him and, and they're like, oh, he's deaf and dumb. He can't say anything. And and then he goes back and reports everything to Zoro. Oh, I, I'd like to be that. He also has a horse. You could also be his horse. I, I forget the name of the horse. I don't want to do that. Would it be uh, in bad taste to be Zatuichi, if I, even if I'm not blind? Uh, I mean, I don't think I could answer that question because I feel like my answer is like, yeah. But I mean... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not blind. Uh, is it fair to say that if you, if you were, never mind, nah. I don't. I guess I could be, who could I be from Alice in Wonderland? Oh, his horse's name is Tornado. I could be the Cheshire Cat. He's a trickster. Especially if you could disappear. Yes. Oh, that's what I want to be. <laughs> I'd just disappear and just my fucking smile would be left for everyone to see. Okay. Thanks for the emails, Chad. You can tell we're all pumped for Halloween and have our costumes ready. I, I'm I'm just <laughs> excited to dress up our daughter. That's yes. It. Our baby's going to be fun to dress up. What are you going to do? She's going to be Tinkerbell. Oh, that's very nice. Just because she's a little cutie and she has short hair and it was easy. <laughs> You just put the thing on. Are you, uh, is your son dressing up as anything for Halloween? Probably a train engineer. <laughs> That's great. Hell yeah. We already have all the stuff. <laughs> if we can talk him into doing the thing where we have all the stuff, that's what we're going to do. That's good. I like that. Because at the end of the day, I, if you're constantly pushing them to do new stuff, like you could just picture a vain family that just wants to show off their creativity yeah. and get new compliments every year. Just do the same shit. I didn't really like, I never dressed up as a kid. Really? Yeah. 
My mom made made my costumes because she didn't because costumes Halloween costumes were expensive. They're, they are expensive. Halloween costumes are super expensive. So my mom like never made never bought us costumes. She just would always make them, and she was very. I don't know. She knew how to sew and stuff. So she would buy the fabric and she would just spend spend her time sewing us costumes. And then at some point we got a little older and then they did buy us costumes. But I think at some, at basically as fast as they could, it, it was like basically our allowance or birthday money or whatever was was used to buy our costumes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Costumes are expensive. Yeah. They really are. So yeah. Uh, all right, that's enough seasonal talk. Let's move on to our Patreon. Folks, sorry that we're still not talking about memories, but if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash jjbpod and help us out for as little as $1 a month. That gets you access to the Patreon feed, which includes Miles' weekly cultural reference newsletter. I haven't done it in a while, but I'm going to do it, okay? Come on, catch up. Uh, as well as... You know what, Miles? Uh, don't don't include anything about our Bud Dwyer, by the way. <laughs> why? Leave, leave that off. That's why I asked you. <laughs> why? Wait, are you cutting it out? Yeah, I think I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> we'll either, but either way, don't just don't put a link to anything. I think you should you no include it. it. Include it. What's the problem? You you show that you're not a psycho because you say you wouldn't actually ever wear that costume. You know. All right, Miles, link to the Wikipedia article. Okay, I'll think about it. Okay. Um, Why'd he kill himself? Because he was going to be prosecuted for some corruption shit, fund embezzling or something. Wow. I don't think he needed to kill himself, though. I don't no. know why he did it. Out of shame, or maybe he was like, fuck you guys, I guess I'll do this. Maybe he just didn't want to go to jail. Yeah. I don't know. But it's I don't think he was going to go away for a long time. <laughs> he just was sad, maybe. Anyway. No. That gets you access to get you access to the Patreon feed. That gets you access to the Patreon feed, which includes Miles's weekly cultural reference newsletter, uh, as well as any other content we feel like uploading, including cut audio from the main podcast feed when we get even more off topic and shit has to come out. That's where I dump it sometimes. For $3 a month, you get that same benefit, but we will also thank you out loud, by name, on the podcast, which we'll do in a little bit, because I also want to tell you that we have a Patreon tier where for a one-time, one-month sign-up of the $15 level, we will watch an anime of your choosing, either three episodes or an anime movie, and we'll do a podcast episode about it. Uh, and you get our undying gratitude as well. I should also, I should be keeping that in mind. That should be a bullet point on the site. Uh, all right, let's say some thank you to some wonderful people. So thank you so much to Chad. Christian. Aquosus. Martin. Tim. Austin. Mirror Man. Kenny. Nocturnal. Bluth. Katie. Jumbo. Omar. Lord Zendar. Kasun. Soliloquy. Dalton. Daniel. I love Jojo Uwu. Hentai, homie. Shungun. And Colin. Colin. Thanks, everybody. You're the best. Yeah. Good job.
You're all the best. All right, folks. We watched Memories for this week's pod, which is an anthology movie. And if you don't know what that means, it means it's it's a movie that has a bunch of stories in it. You know, it's like I I can't think of another movie that fits this category. It's not like Pulp Fiction where it's all the same universe and same characters. It's more like... Uh, Sin City does it, I think, right? Does Sin City do it? Uh, but they kind of overlap. Yeah, they overlap. They? Or, or I guess it kind of is. They have a dame to kill for and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they overlap. Never mind. Um... It's kind of like if you watched three episodes of Twilight Zone back to back. That's kind of what an anthology movie is. Um, there's other examples, but I don't have them for you. Anyway, it's from 95. I don't think it's... It's not the direct like follow-up to Akira. This came, I want to say, six years later. Because um, uh, Katsuhiro Otomo did a few anthology movies. Um, but this one seems to be the most um, well-known one, the one that people still talk about a bit. And yeah, it definitely like is a thing where Katsuhiro Otomo could just kind of do whatever he wanted, and his friends were like founding anime studios and stuff. Um, so there's a little bit of involvement from o- from Katsuhiro Otomo on all of these. Yeah, you can you can feel the when you watch it. There's always a little bit of an akira feeling i think Mm. maybe not the third one but right so this first movie is called magnetic rose and it's uh sort of weird how this is nested but it's the story is from otomo it was scripted by satoshi kone who did paprika and perfect blue so he scripted it Yes, and other movies that feel similar to this mm. story, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, and it was directed by Koji Morimoto, who was an animator on Akira, Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm. Uh, and he founded Studio 4C, which we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, this is a cool movie. It's kind of like uh, someone said it's like a haunted house in space. I don't... Yeah, I it, like that. It I like kind that. of is, but I it's also it like, what if you were inside someone's like... Like a famous person. Memories. Some, this this some, is the only one that I thought had to do with memories. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's true. I thought it was the best one too. Yeah. Uh, apparently everyone does. Okay. Okay. And I might agree, although I did really like Stink Bomb as well. Um, yes. I feel like this movie, the overall memories movie, just kind of goes down in quality as it goes. Mm-hmm. Linearly. It's the only spooky one, this first one. Yes, that is true. It's, it's it's not super spooky either, but yeah, you could tell that this would be... It feels very Satoshi Kon in the way that it's fucked up. And that... Yes. It made me feel bad. <laughs> it made me feel bad. As many bad. of his works do. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it makes you feel bad, but you're also like, man, this is so well done. I would be fucked up in this situation, and, and I can I can get how this lady felt. You know, I mean, I can't technically relate to her on any level, but, you know, what if you just never wanted to forget all the good times? Did you relate to any of the characters? Yes, of course. The guy with the daughter. <laughs> that because was hard. you have a daughter? Yeah, that was hard to watch. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like Bad that whole stuff. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, not good stuff happened to the daughter. Yeah. Not the worst stuff. 
but it wasn't what? good. Are you kidding? So his daughter dies. Yeah, but like in a like eh. because he bought her like a birthday gift, and then she decides to jump off a roof. She doesn't decide to jump <laughs> off a roof. She She's like, slips. look, daddy, I can fly, and she jumps off her. No, roof. this is not the Omen or something. <laughs> um, no, it's. Uh, I'm just saying, dying from a fall is a lot worse than being, you know, stuck in a drain pipe or something. Okay, but I think it doesn't really matter because that's his daughter that died, you know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, this movie is about a space crew of, what, do you, what would you call these guys? Scrappers? Junkers? Scrappers or junkers? Salvagers? <laughs> Salvagers. That, that's pretty good, yeah. This, it's set in, I think it's 2092 is when it's set. And like a lot of Great sci-fi. Year. I look at it and think, we're not going to fucking get this far. That's not what we're going to be doing. <laughs> we're just going to have more advanced forms of entertainment and pornography. That's what we do every time we think, 60 years from now, we'll be flying around in space. And then we don't. Um, but yeah, I thought the animation here was insane. Insanely good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Miles, did you, you watched it on, uh, well, you watched the same version we did. That's right. Okay. I watched the dub. Oh, okay. Right, right. You did, and you were surprised the dub and sub didn't match. Yeah. They rarely do on translations, I think. Well, fuck. <laughs> you know, what works better as a spoken line isn't going to, you know, and matches the mouth flaps. It's going to be different from what matches yeah, as readable. It'll, it'll, only, it'll only match if it's like a, if it's like co- closed captioned. But right. if it's subtitles, it's like meant to be understood by some like a foreign, like someone who doesn't know the so who to it's, be it's watching the It's meant to be original. a translation of the audio. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, closed it's, captions is like you are deaf but want to hear exactly what the sound is. Well, you know who was in uh, Stink Bomb? Who's that? Friend of the pod, Kira Buckland. No way. Oh, who was she in Stink Bomb? Sakiko. I forget who that is. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember any women in Stink Bomb. Did you recognize her voice? No, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia right now. Oh, okay. okay. So you didn't know at the time? Yeah. That's cool. Good for her. So yeah, this is... Jackie, did you have beat by beat notes on this or not there's also a wikipedia article that summarizes it very well a wikipedia a leakypedia that's a website i want to start (laughs) that's what i'm looking at leakypedia it's it's just an encyclopedia that anyone can edit about pipes bursting and spilling water okay um i wrote down corona uh uh-oh is there is the card the the spaceship is named corona right that's true so it is named the corona i thought that was ominous i Um, also i pulled my collar to the side and went yeesh (laughs) when i saw that name it's Um, spanish for beer uh no no it's oh okay (laughs) it's spanish for crown (laughs) but uh, and that's why the the virus is named corona i guess because it looks like a crown something like that anyway um, my next note after that is, uh, could you go to root end to fix something? I thought they were fixed. I, oh, so I did, you guys said that they were scrappers, but in my notes, they fix something. Oh, th- there was like a distress signal. 
right? Well, well they were asked at first. They were like, they finished a, a, a junk job or something. Yeah. And they were asked like, hey, can you go fix something on Route N? And they were like, nope, we're going home. Yeah. But they get an SOS call. Right. And this is some amazing society where if you get an SOS call, you have to go after it. Mm. which is crazy and when they get there i'm like you're dumb for going after it you're a crew of like four dudes in a junkie ship yeah and you're supposed to penetrate this crazy swirling garbage area but they try it i thought it was a trap but it it wasn't right it is kind of a trap is it i mean kind of okay i mean we'll get there but it's okay. you know it's it beckons people in and then uh yeah but like on purpose maybe Okay. I didn't think it was on purpose. I mean, I think it purposely lured people there. Did it mean to kill them? For what purpose, though? I don't know. For murder? No, to pretend that there's people. The computer, I think, wants to entertain humans. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, So uh, the driver, I don't, the driver's wearing overalls with no shirt and he has tattoos. Well, you took a lot of notes. And the uh, one of them is named Heinz, and I wrote down Heinz tomato ketchup. What, what, why are you saying I took a lot of notes? You're like giving me specifics about them. This is what my notes are. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Is ready for the rescue mission. Um, they're all different kinds of people, I wrote down, which is, oh, yeah, they, they're right. They're all like, it's like a diverse. Yeah, I, group. Like, I like when Because they shows all have like different nationalities. Like, nationalities, like their, their names are from like different countries or Were different languages. Were you upset that the Hispanic guy was the most annoying? I didn't think he was annoying. Miguel? What was annoying about him? He was such a dumb horn dog and he kind of fucked everything up. No, I liked him. Well, <laughs> he was chasing his dreams. I his like dreams them all. Of horniness. His dreams of boning women. He what? He just <laughs> he wants to bone the 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 babe? Who doesn't want to bone that babe? I That's true. Who among she's us? She's a babe. There's <laughs> Who among us? <laughs> okay. I th- he, he wasn't being like gross about it. When they looked up this lady on like Space Wikipedia or whatever, they were like, oh, she was famous 80 years ago or whatever. And he's still like, wow, she's a babe. It's like, yeah, because she's a babe. But you can't. Yeah. What's the problem? People from the past can be babes. I see no problem with any of this. You're crazy. So far. Anyway, um, so they they get there and they're like in a palace. It looks like, it's like a, a grand old opera house. Yeah. Or mansion. Um, and oh yeah, there's something about a mag- magnetic field. They're like, the magnetic field is weaker where, like where they, when they got into the palace, but then later on it gets stronger. Um, oh right, there's a giant mural painting and it's a babe. I wrote that down. She's a babe. Um, but yeah, a giant mural painting. Um, I thought the way they depicted her was interesting too. She has a very defined nose which kind of felt like other Satoshi Kon works mm. where I feel like he doesn't like, because a lot of anime characters have like very, they have the little, tri- the tiny triangle the tiny nose. nose or no nose at all sometimes. Yeah. Um, but she like has a- like a very strong, like uh, what's that, that aquiline nose almost? I don't know. She's got a strong nose. She's like Italian or something. She's Italian. Cause she doesn't Isn't she German? Friedel? Mm. Uh, Eva Friedel. I forget. Why did I think she's Italian? Just because she sings opera? I thought so because she sings opera. That's my reasoning. Germans sing opera as well. Oh, that's true. They got that whole uh, fucking 
Anyway, so they, they're like, oh, it's a woman. And there's like a woman like outside in like the garden or whatever. And so. <laughs> and so they chase her. They're like, a woman. They're like, let's go. Well, because somebody sent an SOS. They got to go talk to her. Oh, yeah. They yeah. go see her and she and she they're like, it's a mirage. And there's a little robot that looks like a cherub statue is like dinner is served. And uh, they go to the dining room and there's uh dinner is served, but only for one person. And they make a comment about that. How it's like, oh, there's like, I don't know. They're serving just for why. Why was she living alone? And well, they notice at this point that they're in a hologram, right? Or there's some holograms present. Well, yeah, but the woman is a hologram. Well, yeah, but also I think they notice the environment is, right? Because one of them, I think Miguel, like, disappears into the grass outside. Oh, okay. And they're like, haven't you seen a hologram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I re- at this point, I, th- I thought maybe she was a prisoner. That's what I thought. I was like, maybe they, uh. maybe they were like... I was just imagining, like, somebody who got, like, obsessed with her and was like, I'm just going to capture this beautiful opera singer and put her in a cage and then she'll only sing for me, you know, like she's a bird. But that's not where this went. It's not where this went. It's kind of close, but not really. Um, He see, they, uh, there's like, uh, I think it's Miguel who sees a ghost, who sees the ghosts of like people and flowers, people giving flowers to her. But then when he snaps out of it, the or when he you know when the the hologram goes away, the roses are dead. Um, we see we get a little snippets of this woman's memories. We learn her name is Eva. She loves Carlos, Carlo, and Carlo loves her. Uh, yeah, I thought she was Italian because she's trying to marry an Italian man. Mm. So I just forgot who was who. Um, someone mentions that ghosts don't send SOS calls. Do uh, they? Oh yeah, don't Miguel. They? Miguel starts seeing like himself as Carlo in like paintings and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Heinz sees a doll or a child fall from the ceiling. Oh yeah, and when he has a, a portrait of Eva at one point, when he puts the portrait down, it's pretty quick. But I rewinded. Rewinded, rewound to check. And the portrait looks at him when he goes to like, when he tilts it up, <gasps> like, like the eyes follow him. That was pretty spooky. Mm. Uh, so we learn on Space Wikipedia that Eva was a princess born to nobility. She was a opera prodigy. Um, she fell in love with a star tenor named Carlo. Um, oh, wait, what's and what's his name? It's like Carlo... Wait. I didn't catch the Rambaldi. last one. Rambaldi. And this is apparently a tribute to the special effects creator, Carlo Rambaldi, oh. who did effects on Alien and Close Encounters of the Third Kind and other things. Wow. But he's not the greatest character because didn't he cheat on her or something? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he gets his comeuppance. But yeah, they just wanted a name and I guess they use a name from movies they liked. Uh, and I think there's sound effects in this movie that are from the Nostromo doors opening in Alien or Aliens. Mm. So you can tell somebody loves Alien. I love those movies. Have you seen Alien? Yeah. Oh, that's a scary movie. You've seen scary movies. Yeah, that's one of the few I like. Okay. Because that'll never happen to me, right? <laughs> You're never going to space. Every time I watch a scary movie, I'm like, what if this happens to me? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess I just have to knock it in a spaceship to avoid a whole scary genre. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. So anyway, so she was a princess born to nobility. She was a prodigy. She fell in love with the star tenor. Something happened to her voice. We don't really, they don't really tell us what. Some, like Her voice got fucked. Something happened with her voice. And, and she was never really the same in terms of her performance. Um, she, but she kept performing it anyway, and people kind of criticized her for it. They were like, you're not good anymore. Um, yeah, Carl, when she age. would sing to a recording, that's why they were mad at her. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. She was Millie Vanillying it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a reference people will get. Yeah, lots of people are familiar with the story of Millie Vanilli. I don't think All even our children. generation would know no. Millie Vanilli. I only know it because of a VH1. Yes, yes. Because of I Love the 80s. I Love the, yeah. And Weird Al parodied Millie Vanilli and I heard that. But it's so interesting that like I never ever until I like sought it out saw Millie Vanilli songs or heard Millie, Millie Vanilli songs. Because like. They had the one hit, the the fame. They have like one famous song. I think they had two. They had "Blame It on the Rain" and "Girl Don't Lose My Number." I think, um, and they're both pretty good songs. But the guys that were the hot Millie Vanilli dudes did not sing those songs. Yeah, so the, we're yeah. So you but don't. That have doesn't to look mean that the songs are bad, but they just were like, we're never playing these songs. They were just the we uh, were lied to. They were the face behind the. They were the face, but they weren't the voice. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. What's the big deal? Like people are like, we want to hear a shitty girl who can dance. That's fine. A girl who can't sing that well, but is a lady who's talented in other ways. But if we hear good music and faces of hot dudes, we should keep hearing those songs. Fuck it. I don't know what you're talking about. I just don't think we had to pretend Millie Vanilli didn't exist just because those guys were liars. Miles, you were going to say something and then you pulled away. Did I nail your exact sentiment? You, listen, you nailed it. It was just a vain age, I guess. Yeah. We we like, I think as humans, we like authenticity. We don't like, and we don't like being lied to, you know? know? And so if they didn't pass it off as themselves, you know, then I think maybe people would be more okay with it. So you think if it was just like the studio musicians came out with this album, they still would have been? I think they still would have been a hit. What do you wait? What do you mean the studio music? I don't know what you're saying. Like whoever actually made the music, put out the music, without the front of Millie Vanilli. Oh no, that's not what I'm saying because oh. they probably didn't because they're they're probably not like cute or likable. They're probably hideous. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, they probably they would have. It's easier to pay one person to sing and dance than it is to hire one person to sing and one person to be like the face, you know. Um. So no, what I'm saying is, if they were just upfront about it, <laughs> I think it would nope. It would have been fine. They just take the stage. These two dudes from Austria or whatever. They, and they're co- just they like- go on stage <laughs> and they're like, "I'd love to thank the actual voice behind." <laughs> These like, songs. Yeah, some other people sang these songs, but they're so hideous. So we're going to be out here dancing for you, but don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Maybe we'd like that. I don't know. I think it would have been better. Do you guys want to spend another 45 minutes talking about Millie Vanilli? Yes. Okay. I don't really know don't much about that. I think I have them. more Millie Vanilli thoughts. Yeah, there's there's really nothing else. I'm going to listen to them later. Is Does, Mil- does Millie Vanilli stand for... Millions of vain... Mil- m- Min- millions of veins 
million, <laughs> I mean like millions of vanilla vein. Manila vanilla. That's what I wanted to say. Millions of vanilla ice cream cones. Yes. Manila envelope. <laughs> oh, a milli. A milli vanilla. Exactly, 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 exactly. A million That's what Lil Wayne was talking about. Um, a million vanillion. Vanillion. Yeah. Is it Bobby Vanilla? <laughs> Bobby Bonilla Vanilla. Yeah. God, these are going to be the worst titles for this podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, yeah, so Carla was murdered. We learned that as well. So these are all the things we learned about her. So we learned her her tragic story is she was losing her voice and she was going to marry this wonderful male opera singer, but he died and was murdered like right before they were supposed to get married. So her life is just full of tragedy and we feel bad for her. And we learn this while seeing these holographic projections of her memory keep popping up on Miguel and Heinz as they explore the ship trying to figure out who the fuck sent this SOS. Is Are there any more people? Like, because there's the captain. I guess he stays on the ship. He does not. There's, a, there's another dude, a dude with like a, I think a Japanese name floating around. Um. Yeah, there's like one or two other dudes on the ship. Okay. Um, so one of them says, we didn't come here to drown in her memories. And I put LOL. Yeah, Jackie um, and I looked at each other. <laughs> we went, oh, name of the movie. Oh. Yeah, and so they're venturing out away from, they you know, because it looks like a beautiful palace, but then they like keep going and then it looks like f- fucked up. Like things look like it's crumbling and stuff, uh, like or like it starts. It looks kind of surreal. Like everything is destroyed, being destroyed and stuff, or like looks like it's been destroyed. Um, there's a piano playing a melody. Miguel finds it familiar. Um, he touches the piano, and then everything turns all beautiful. Um, Eva kisses him. Um, but she's also Eva stabs Heinz. I don't remember that, but I wrote it down. That's, so it must be true. So yeah, while Miguel is like falling prey to the hologram, making it seem like, oh, I'm part of these memories and I'm Carlo Rambaldi. Mm-hmm. I, des- I I design special effects. No, the Carlo Rambaldi who's an opera singer <laughs> and kissing Eva, the, the diva. Um, at the same time, like Heinz is like, Darn you, Miguel, where are you? But then he stumbles into his own fake reality. Uh, Well, no, uh, does he? Yes. He ends up on stage at an opera performance. uh, And Eva is singing at the other end of the stage. And then he hallucinates a conversation that he has with his family uh, back on Earth, I guess, where it's him, his wife, and his daughter. And he's buying a Halloween. He's, He's giving, not Halloween. He's giving his daughter a birthday present. And his family's like, I wish you wouldn't go out into space and leave us all alone. And he he opens up the gift and it's a little astronaut uh, costume for his daughter to wear. And he's like, now you can join daddy in space. Uh, And then I think when he comes to Eva, the hologram stabs him. But I don't think he he gets stabbed for real. I don't think this is how he gets injured. And then at some point, during the conversation, they mentioned the weather vane on top of their house. And he goes out to repair it because his daughter mentioned it being broken. And while he's on the roof repairing it, his daughter climbs the ladder up to see him and is like, I'm going to go to space with you, daddy. But then she slips, falls off the roof, 
and dies. And Sucks. they really drag it out. And even though it's silly and I don't think our daughter will ever climb the roof just because I'm on the roof. Because neither of us are ast- astronauts. Neither of us go to space. So she's yeah, not that's do it. true. Neither of us. We stay on the ground. The most she's going to do is be like, look, mommy, I can play with the computer. And she'll go. Yeah, all over that's the what computer. she's going to do. But she's actually going to be look, good mommy, at. Mommy, I'm you. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just like slapping on a computer. Yeah, and she'll be good at it too, I think. She'll actually do computer shit from a very young age. But yeah, I think I'm explicitly going to tell our daughter at some point, like, if I ever climb a ladder, do not follow me, okay? And she'll probably be six and will be like, why would I do that? That's a foolish idea. And I'll go, you're right. I think you just never have to climb a ladder because my son would definitely just climb the ladder. Oh, really? Okay, so I just... All right, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll like, maybe jump out of an airplane above the house. Yeah. Drive like to a different location, go up in a helicopter, and then jump from the top. And then we'll be safe. Okay. Um, But yeah, and, and again, it's also like, I don't know that a girl would do that. I mean, I guess you're saying your son would follow you on the ladder. Yeah, but... I think he'd be more likely to do it if I told him he couldn't do it. Oh, I see. Mm. Uh, well, I got to figure out this ladder situation, but (laughs) in the meantime, this is something that when I was younger, I would have laughed at this. I would have been like, what a dumb child. What an idiot child climbing the ladder. But watching this, I was like, let me add it to my list of fears. I was like, I don't like this. I hate, (laughs) I hate hearing him being sad and holding his dead daughter. This sucks ass. Um, so it's just another thing that I can't enjoy anymore <laughs> is laughing at bereaved parents. Uh, but yeah, so, and and this is interesting because there was foreshadowing for this earlier before they like dock at this like weird, well. They're we like, do- don't you have a daughter? Yeah, they're like, you have a daughter, right? Heinz doesn't answer when they do this to him. Mm-mm. He just keeps typing. And I was a little like, this is weird. Is something up with his daughter or something? And then, yeah, they show her that she died. And he did not tell his crewmates about it because it's painful and Heinz is a guarded man. Mm. Um, and then he's like, wait a minute. Yeah, my daughter died. Like, why was I just seeing her in these memories or whatever? And Eva is like, but she can be alive here with me. Like, you know, he, she kind of summons another hologram copy of his daughter or something. Yeah, and it's him. like, stay and, here with me and then you can be with her forever. And he's you know? like, nah, fuck Just that. Just like I'm here with Carlo. This shit is fake. I don't like you, lady. And then I don't know if he runs away or something. I really hate that in movies and stuff where it's like, it's basically this scenario where like there's like a dead loved one or whatever and there's like a hologram or something of them or and you're like, like they know it's fake because the person died, but they're still just like, Sarah, you know, like they're still like, oh, I want to be with you. Like, please, whatever. And it's like, what if this happens to us? And I hate it. No, I would be like, (laughs) fuck you. You're not the real one. I don't care. But AI is getting better and better. And what if someone could make a a talky version of of your dead family member? You'd be able to tell. And it's not No, you'd be able to tell. But wouldn't you be like, I want to just stay here and look at this for a while? No. Well, most of the time, it's also evil. Every time you see this happen in a show, it's like it's like an evil thing that you don't want. Yeah, even you if someone I mean? was trying to be nice, it's evil to do it's, this. It's not like it's no. Well, 
you never see it like, and they lived happily ever, and he lived happily ever after with his dead yeah, wife. But, but you pe- know, people in movies haven't seen movies. You know what I mean? So like, you have to. People in movies haven't seen movies. Yeah. Okay. They can't stop and go. I've seen this in a movie, so I'm not gonna pay attention. They think everything is real. Uh, but anyway, that's a little meta for this <laughs> summary of this. He somehow gets away, and he eventually does. He find Miguel, or what happens to Miguel? Because Miguel's in fucking um, La La Land. Let me see what I wrote down here. Emily's the name of the daughter, by the way. Oh, yeah. Someone asks. Oh, right. The magnet. Oh, the magnet levels are off the roof. And the captain guy is like, did you guys piss something off down there? Um, right. Because they, they sensed like a, a little bit of a magnetic field when they got there. And they're like, we got to be careful. And then this thing starts to get very magnetic. And at some point, it starts to like pull the ship, the Corona, into it. And so they fire an energy cannon into it. They're sort of like, someone on the ship is like, but what about Heinz and Miguel? And the captain's like, we're going to fucking die if we don't do something. So they fire an energy cannon into it. Uh, Heinz gets ejected into space. Apparently, Wikipedia here says, along with Eva's past victims. Oh. I didn't know there were other bodies flying out there. I also didn't know. Did you guys see the Corona get crushed? Mm, I don't think so. I figured they were cooked. It seemed like everyone was cooked. Yeah, they get fucked. The The movie then shows us the skeleton of Eva because she's been dead for a while. Of course she has. Um, and this is basically just a computer that was designed, I guess, to show her memories and keep her happy, make her think she's still young and hanging out with her boyfriend, who, by the way, she actually murdered. <gasps> She murdered Carla Rambaldi. Wiki here says because he wouldn't marry her, but Aww. that doesn't make sense. I think right because he didn't uh, something. Yeah, maybe he had cold feet. He's like, you know what? I don't want to do the wedding. I bet he I was a cheater. I don't think he really loved her. Yeah, he cheated on her. I don't know if the movie even said this, but that's what I believe. I believe that he cheated on her, and maybe he didn't like her anymore because her voice wasn't special. Oh, anymore. and apparently she's done this before that oh. she's made other people look like Carlo. So it, this is kind of the trap is just that the computer thinks that it needs to lure people to please Eva to pretend to be her husband, her dead boyfriend husband. But it's weird because the real Eva is also dead anyway. So this is just a computer program that can't stop showing people memories of people. her life and luring people in. Uh, and at the end, yeah, I didn't realize that the ship is crushed and becomes part of the Rose which is like the shape that this whole big ship of fucking holograms has become. And then we just see Heinz drifting around in space and he's still alive. He opens his eyes and blows out some air. Hooray, Heinz. Uh, but he's fucked. Like, yeah. I don't know what he's going to yeah, do. Yeah, he's probably really sad. Aww. That he's going to die, you mean? He's sad that he's screwed. Yeah, and then he had to watch his daughter die again. Yeah, that sucks. Well, who knows? I Maybe mean, It's sad that he had to do it in the first place. Yes. Wait, he didn't have to. Oh, you mean he had to see her die? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he could hit an SOS button on his suit and some other sap would show up and get magnetized, but eventually someone would be able to rescue him. He might kill hundreds by summoning them to a magnetic trap. True. Mm -hmm. But I hope he lived. Anyway. But what does he have to live for? Yeah, nothing, am I right? Maybe his wife's is alive. Does she need to lose everybody? 
True. Um, this felt like a Black Mirror episode, but a- anime. I mean, it is a little bit of that, of the idea of like, what if, you know, you used holograms and AI clones of your family to delude yourself? And then what if it started deluding other people? Mm. I think it's nice for Ava. You think I mean, it's she's nice? dead now, but it was probably nice while it lasted for her. Yeah, I guess, but living in the past and abducting men? What else does she have going for her? She can't sing, am I right? All right. You know, you could just sing, you know, easier versions of your old stuff or something. I don't know. You got to age gracefully, Eva. Anyway, so that's that movie. Yep. And then episode two, Stink Bomb, the stinkiest weapon, I believe was the subtitle. I think um I think Yoko Kano worked on the music for the last one that we talked about as well. It's a very all-star production. Mm. Wow. Why yeah. don't they just make that into a movie by itself and then I don't know at this point not do the other stuff. Katsuhiro Otomo just was doing a bunch of these anthology movies and was like, "Hey, what else? I got this story that I want to make one of the movies." And Satoshi Kon wasn't like, "Let's make it a whole movie." It's I very weird how different tonally this is. Yeah. Especially from the second <laughs> one so is different. like, I, I had a long time adjusting. Like it took me to, a while watching the second one to be like, oh, this is silly. Mm. You were, you kept thinking it was going to take a stark and serious turn. Yeah, but it just never did. Which, which is funny because this is also the movie with probably the highest body count. An immense amount of people die in this movie. But like you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) Um, So Stink Bomb, the stinkiest weapon. There's a guy who who works in like a clinic or something. He he works in like a research group, a medical research company. He he gets a shot, I think, it's him that gets a shot, right, at the clinic. And then he goes up to work. Yeah, he's battling the flu, but he goes to work like an idiot. Yeah, and then he stops by his boss's office and he just sees like red pills. In well, a... it's not. No, 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 no. Okay. He's in the office sick and people are making fun of him. And they're okay. like, well, I think we have like a prototype of that new like flu treatment or cold treatment. If you look for the red pills in a blue bottle on the boss's desk, that should be a prototype. That's why he goes to the office because some dickhead... Okay. Told him those are the right pills. I thought he was just being an idiot. And he is like the dumbest guy of all these I was like, movies. why do you just like you find some pills on a desk and you eat them? Like what? Talk to your doctor. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? What even is, is also... Do they have a label? Do you know what you're fucking eating? Yeah, this guy's a moron. Do you know what the he dosage also... should be? Even Is he this whole like... thing an argument for uh, not going to work sick? Yes. This and the other movies. I've decided are also arguments for not going to work sick. You've got Corona Mm. in the first one, foreshadowing that 25 years later, this is going to happen, 95. Oh, so they knew. And Cannon Fodder is saying, don't go to work because you just fire cannons. That's a shitty job to do. Um, Yeah, so he takes the experimental pills and... People start smelling something people weird. Are like, what's that smell? What's that? Even the rats are like, ew. <laughs> they show the fucking rats going like, oh, I'm a rat. I eat stinky cheese, but I don't even <laughs> like that smell. <laughs> Jackie, I hate to tell you, but rats eat worse things than stinky cheese. 
Uh, what what did they eat? They eat other animals and shit too. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. But what's the stinkiest thing a rat? Oh, that's fair. I don't know. They eat trash. They eat New York City pizza trash. trash. There's um. Did you guys famously pizza rat does? I don't know if all famously. rats do, but I'm pretty sure they would fuck up. No, a pizza. I think I think all rats do. Do you guys remember? Um, did you ever see the cartoon version of Charlotte's Web? No. There's a little rat. Well, he's not little. There's a rat who lives. He's he's one of the main characters. His name is Templeton, and he has a whole song about how he loves to eat trash. It's great. Okay. And he's just like in heaven with like, oh, a rotten egg. That's what it was. There was a rotten egg that was like his, he was so excited to have the rotten egg, but then um, it broke and then it was really stinky. I'm looking up on our Google account. What do rats eat? They eat rotten eggs. Oh. Anyway, so the rats were like, ew, this smells worse than what I eat. Which, <laughs> which I is like. garbage. Yeah. Um. So, and he, the guy who ate, ate the pills he was like asleep where was he he just Things like started to smell bad and it was interesting he wakes is, up and everyone is like dead because the, it the smelled res- so bad the only thing is most people were like that's a weird smell but in the front office like the reception somebody liked it the woman that like checked him in and he was weirdly sort of horny too <laughs> he's like a little chauvinist too uh she's like it smells kind of good and then he takes a nap somewhere because he's still not feeling great and yeah, when he wakes up, he doesn't realize they're dead, by the way. He thinks, well, they're like passed out. I thought they were just passed out, too. That's what I thought. But at some point, it became clear to me that they're dead. Yeah. Because the way they're panicking over it, I was like, oh, they're not unconscious. They're dead. Mm-hmm. But whether it incapacitates you temporarily or kills you, this is a very powerful weapon that he has become. Uh, Yeah. He goes over to, he sees that the boss was like about to press a button, but he'd never pressed it. Um, and he's passed out. So he goes and he presses the button and then it puts him through to somebody. I don't it, it initiates know. an alarm and then he ends up talking to somebody from the main office or something. Yeah. And the guy's like, what happened? He's like, uh, and he's like, let me talk to so-and-so the boss. Let me talk to the boss. And he's like, uh, he's in a meeting. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, what happened? <laughs> He's like, uh, everyone's passed out. How long ago? How long has everybody been how, pissed out? Passed how does out? how does he explain to them that this has to do with the drug without revealing that he took the drug? I think they just kind of figured it out. Like I think he mentions the, the pills or something. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, you need to uh find a sample of this drug. Yeah. And Right. Well they they, they he probably just figured, okay, there's been an outbreak. Uh, this guy is the only survivor. We need him to bring the the samples. Yeah, so. I guess when he described what happened to everybody, they were like, it must be with that drug. Yeah. And so they were like, get a sample of the drug, put it in a briefcase, don't tell anyone you work for our company, Yeah. and bring it to me in Tokyo. And he's like, Tokyo's so far. One of the funniest things about this to me is... Jackie, I said it to you, but Miles, did you notice that his briefcase has the name of the company on it? <laughs> I did not notice that. that is yeah, funny. so he's like not supposed to tell anyone he works for whatever, and he's just carrying a fucking briefcase with it. He is a moron. Um, yeah, he's yeah. dumb. <laughs> oh yeah, he's so dumb because like he should have figured out like, oh, it's me. I am the problem. You yeah. know, he should have, or he should have at least said like, oh, I ate some of those pills. 
you know, and then they would have been like, do not come here. He probably didn't tell anybody because he thought it would get him in trouble. Yeah. But he yeah, also you're didn't right. put two day two. He, he didn't realize that it was related at all. Yeah. These are the types of people that are lab technicians and we have to watch out for, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't trust Big Pharma. I have a yeah. lot to say on this subject, actually. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to save it for when I'm on Rogan, though. Okay. He was, uh, it was also annoying to me. I was getting so mad at him when he first shows up to work because he's like, oh, I, have a, I have a cold or whatever. He peels his mask down to talk to the woman at the reception desk. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing pulling your mask down? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, That's I hated funny. him. You hated him. Uh, and by the way, the soundtrack on this movie is probably my favorite. Um, it's really varied. It's got like a good jazz song. And it starts when he like leaves the the research office to go to Tokyo. It plays like ska, I think. It's like a funky sort of ska influenced song. Apparently, it's done by oh, a musician yeah. known as Jun Miyake. Uh, I don't know much about him, but he's credited. So somebody knows who he is. That's when you know that it's silly. Because the ska? Yeah, it's a silly genre. You know, the thing about ska, it's one of those genres where like every, my only exposure to it was through all the jokesters, all the non-serious white people that co-opted it in the 90s and 2000s. And I was like, this is a stupid genre and ska fans are annoying. And then you find out like, no, it's actually an offshoot of reggae from Jamaica way back when. And there's good versions of it. And you know what? I do like some of the pop ska. Name Miles, what are some pop ska songs? The one that's like pa 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 pa. Is that knock on wood or whatever? That's right. Never do Yeah, knock that's a good song. Wood. Yeah, it's okay. And but I think that's the only one. I think every other version of ska that I heard, I was like, stop it. Is Sublime Ska? I think some of their yeah. songs are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hate Sublime. Like, yeah, I Santeria, is that ska? Yeah, I don't like Sublime. I don't think it is. I think Wrong Way might be. Okay. I know so many uh, Sublime I, songs. I do I not like Sublime them. Sublime is ska. But I still think it's bad. Okay. Well, I liked the song in here, but that there's, might be because there was no singing. There's a Spanish ska band called Scape, which is, is in English it would be ska-p. Ska mm-hmm, P, mm-hmm. but in Spanish, escape sounds like escape, like escape. Um, and so it's a pun. But anyway, they're good. They're, I guess, maybe more punk than ska, but they're good. It's like, okay. And they're very political. Oh. And they, but they're on the right side of most. Oh, everybody. They're fascists. Listen, I was going to say, li- listen to fascist <laughs> ska. That's they're what Jackie not likes. Fas- that's what Jackie thinks good politics is. No. Um, but yeah, so so basically all the farm pharma, the big pharma guys are like, we have a super secret drug that we're working on and we need you to take it to us in Tokyo. And he's like, but that's far. And I'm not going to tell them that I ate the drugs and I am the yeah. bioweapon. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know he's a bioweapon. Right. He's uh, he's very dumb. Does he start out by driving or does he mm. only ride a bike? I th- I think he just rides a bike and then the cars on the street are like crashing like everyone's dying around him and he's like whoa 
this is bad. Like, he's yeah, just like- he, they, they a little later on reveal that the more he sweats, the worse mm. it gets, like the more potent it is. So he's like riding a bike and, and, and exerting himself. And that's, and it apparently also makes flowers bloom. He notes that sunflowers and sakura trees are blooming at the same time. Mm. I didn't know that was like a thing, but it makes sense that different plants bloom at different times. Yes. I just never noticed this shit. Um, well, yeah, they're the plants, they, they bloom at different seasons and stuff. Some of them like the warmer weather. Plants love this smell. Yeah, for some reason, this, this smell makes plants happy. Mm. Um, yeah, so um, the whole city is like an apocalypse and they go to, they're like, oh, there's a survivor. There's like a helicopter and they go to save the guy and they're like, oh, there's a survivor. Let's go talk to him. And then when they go to rescue him, like they all die but they all have masks on so i don't know how it's getting through the masks it gets through masks and it gets through the chem suits that's crazy it's so strong it's very potent eventually they figure out that the survivor took the pill um the guys that are all there there's like a bunch of guys in like a room it's like a war room like they're trying they're they're the brains behind this operation but they figure out that the survivor took the pill and um by the way they're like we got to kill him so then they go after him and they they send a bunch of people after him but, but they're like the sample must be caught alive so i think they want to catch him is that true yeah they do want to catch him eventually and there's also like a shady like american guy a black guy who's yes. like the what is he? He's like a sergeant or something. He's like some I high think ranking. He's a general. At least he's, he's at least a general. I don't he's know what huge. the ranks. I don't he's know. He's also ranks. a huge man. Yeah, and apparently he, his voice actor is the dad of the guy who plays the Japanese general. The dad of the guy who plays the Japanese general. Okay. In that's this, really cool. In the same part, so it's like father and son are having a conversation at voice times. acting yeah. together. Okay, that's nice. Um. Well, anyway, he has something shady i guess they don't really i don't really understand what he's up to i mean in the end he screws these people over but i don't really understand what he's up to um all right i wrote down this feels silly like a jojo's episode it's a little silly this is like if somebody got somebody got a stand where they just smell really bad yeah (laughs) well i mean it's it's close to like purple haze almost it's not as gnarly because it doesn't eat flesh Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's basically purple haze, but on like an insane scale that this guy's like walking and then like helicopters have to fly above 300 feet or they're going to die. Mm-hmm. They do a prank on him kind of where they we see that uh, they try to rescue him when he's on that building. And then he goes up to the camera and is like, someone help me, not realizing he killed the fucking helicopter. Because um, I think the smell eventually starts to damage uh, electrical systems and shit even. But so his family hears that he's in danger. And so they're escorted by military into helicopters above him. And they put his grandma on the PA system. And they have her say something about like, don't go into the city, go back into the forest. Uh, But then he stops to be like, grandma, what are you doing in a helicopter? And while he's stopped and talking to her, a sniper tries to shoot him. But he misses him. Uh. And then on the PA, the grandma starts arguing with the guys. The sniper can't take another shot because his eyes are watering. 
Uh, and despite all of this, somehow our main guy here, Nobuo, decides to continue towards Tokyo. He doesn't. He doesn't turn around. <laughs> right. Well, he was asked to bring the sample to them, so he's like, "I gotta do it." I guess he just never figured out that he was sniped at. He doesn't understand how much danger he's in. No. Even though missiles he's, start to be shot near him, he's a big dummy. We all realize this by now. Is part of the the like the effect that he can't get hit by stuff because they fire a ton of ordnance at him. Yes. And he is seemingly unscathed. I think some of it is just comedy, but they also seem to imply that because they're so they they deploy everything at him all at once that they interfere with one another. Mm. Like at some point there's like tanks that shoot each other by accident or they they drive over each other uh and that fucks things up. This is the most similar to the middle or second part of Akira where once Tetsuo gets powerful enough, they start to just do more bigger. It's like porn for people that are into military technology where he's just like, and then they send out the, the troops on foot, but then they start using aircraft carrier uh, javelin missile launchers. And then, and then my favorite part of this is in both Akira and this one, they do stuff that's like science fiction, but kind of based on real stuff. Like in Akira, the apex power until, well, like they have the other fucking children show up. But the the height of regular technology is that like that orbital laser strike. Do you guys remember that in Akira? No. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, like Tetsuo loses his arm and shit because like a big laser hits him. Mm. Um, and oh, in yeah, this, yeah, yeah, in yeah, this case, it's, it's a little bit more clandestine in that it's like the super advanced spacesuits that they wear when they want to try and capture him alive in the gas. Um, they do also, in addition to like ramping up the insane like weaponry they fire at him, um, they also try to solve like how can we just neutralize the gas and stuff. Um, and according to this wiki summary, the way that the Americans uh, manage to like take over the operation is they use there's apparently a policy in Japan that they abbreviate to Anpo Joyaku, which is a treaty of mutual cooperation between the U.S. and Japan, which means that we have like six, I think, military bases in Japan. And if any of our military bases are attacked, Japan has to defend us. And if Japan is attacked, we will defend them with our military force that's in Japan. And so I guess they're implying that the general here uses that as a loophole to say, like, well, I think I think he says at some point the the general just gives up or the prime minister of Japan gives up on capturing this guy and they want to just evacuate the city. And he's like, we're going to step in because I guess he's saying, like, you've given up and you're being attacked. So we're going to step in. And yes, in the meantime, probably steal this uh, not yet revealed, not yet patented drug. It's very smart, and I commend the cunning of the U.S. forces here. That's why we're number one, baby. Number one, baby. Well, he but he kind of sends, at the end, he sends the guy in basically to kill them. Right? How did, he, how did he show up there? I thought that was, I thought that was the, uh, the American dudes who made so, that happen. It seems that way, right? Because, yeah, he's in this tunnel. It's like the final tunnel before you get to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And... 
he's just filling it with so much gas. It seems like the Japanese might have a solution using like liquid nitrogen or something, but the Americans override that and fuck up their plan. They go in with these advanced spacesuits and they show us that they can uh they can hide their faces in them. They can like kind of go dark and it just becomes a big reflective dome and you can't see who's inside the suit. They go in there, he gets freaked out by it because they try to like reach out to him and he like freaks out and emits a lot more gas. And then back at the base, you see that they're like, oh, the Americans have succeeded or something. But I don't know if they got word from the Americans or if they just saw one of the suits come out and they assumed because he has the mm-hmm. briefcase. Yeah. And so they come into the base and this soldier in this big suit hands the briefcase over to the the pharma guy and he's like oh thank you for bringing me the important papers um and then the like cloak on the helmet is is let down and we see who's in the suit and it's not one of the soldiers it is nobuo the diseased guy uh, with a bunch of gas floating around inside his suit and everyone's freaking out realizing that i don't again because like in my head the americans all died and he just got in the suit because he's like i should wear a suit Mm. you know i don't know i don't know if the americans also survived and just made him get in one of the suits um yeah maybe maybe i don't know i thought i assumed it was them because they were doing some shady stuff but the movie ends with him being like oh yeah let me just get out of this suit real quick and he when he vents when he opens the suit the gas comes out and just kills everybody in this uh military base or whatever it is so yeah nobuo is a dumbass and uh he killed a lot of people because he took some fart pills. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. Despite how we described a lot of people dying and stuff, the music is good. It's funny. And I liked it. And I was fine with it being tonally different from Magnetic Rose. Would you okay, guys, fine. Me too. Would you guys believe this is somewhat based on a real story? No, it's not. Yes. No In way. an interview featurette, uh, I think Otomo, somebody mentions... There was a story from, I guess, 94 or the early 90s. Yeah, 94. This woman named Gloria Ramirez, uh, a.k.a. the Toxic Lady. <laughs> uh, okay. That's a, that's a stand. It is kind of a stand, yeah. She uh, was being treated for cancer in the emergency room, and a bunch of hospital workers got ill when they were exposed to her and her blood. Oh. Uh, some people fainted. Five five hospital workers needed to be hospitalized. Um, well, good thing they were already in the hospital. And the woman died pretty soon after because of her cancer. But And at first, everyone thought, this is mass hysteria or something. Everyone's just getting the wrong word out. But there were investigations that certified that basically she had been taking something called dimethyl sulfoxide as a pain treatment mm. because this was um in the 80s and I guess early 90s. Um, this was like one of those, uh, what do you call it? Homeopathy treatments. Mm. Like people on TV would advertise it just like drinking. What is it? Colloidal silver. And that fucking guy turned blue on Oprah. Um, it's, it's just like junk science, like treat this, take this if you have cancer, but she took it and somehow it converted into dimethyl sulfate, which is a very poisonous and carcinogenic, uh, chemical. Mm. I guess when they like gave her some treatment, she had taken so much of the dimethyl sulfoxide that it turned into poison. Wow. 
Wait, so what was she taking? What was it? It was like a pill or something? She was taking dimethyl sulfoxide, which I tried to look up what it is, and it's all written in chemistry speak, and I'm a big dum-dum. Okay. All I can tell you is that it's it's a solvent, and I think they give it with other drugs when they're doing testing on rats and shit. Mm. It's not like a tasty, yummy pill that has Flintstones characters on the bottle. Mm. It's a clear liquid that you shouldn't eat. Okay. Um, so I'll stop eating it now. Oh, yeah. Wow. They gave her diazepam, midazolam, lorazepam. They gave her a bunch of sedatives. Um, and they tried defibrillating her. And they noticed there was a bunch of oil on her body. And they said there's a fruity, garlic-like odor that they thought was coming from her mouth. Weird. Um, yeah, and there were these yellow-brown particles in her blood. Jesus. That's crazy. Uh, but in this case, it's a funny cartoon with pretty animations. Wait, but did the people die in real life? Nah, the the hospital, well, the lady died. She was fucked and probably hurt herself with her Mm. stupid drugs. Uh, people went to jail for telling people to take di- dimethyl sulfoxide. Whoa. If you take nothing else from this po- podcast, please do not take dimethyl sulfoxide as a treatment for pain or cancer. Um, that's, that's Stink Bomb. That's this, the second movie. And if you're like, wow, this episode is long, don't worry. The last movie is really short. I want to know what this episode had to do with memories. It didn't have to do anything to do with memories. That's true. Memories of your stinky. It's remember, remember the toxic lady. What if it was a funny story about a toxic man? Mm-hmm. Or it's hey, we'll never forget that time all those people outside Tokyo died from a guy who's too dumb to live. Yeah. Although he did live. Yeah. He I, was I don't know too how... dumb not to save everyone. Yeah. So the next one is Cannon Fodder. Yes. This one was boring. I didn't really get this I wasn't story. really into it, and then it ended abruptly, and I was like, what? That was barely anything. Yeah, I was falling asleep the whole time. Damn. It's 21 minutes. It is... Uh... Oh, wait, I forgot to give. Is there anything interesting to say about... Oh, yeah, Stink Bomb is directed by Tensai Okamura, who worked, who was an animator on Ninja Scroll. Ghost in the Shell, and the Cowboy Bebop movie. Uh, And if uh, anybody knows a little bit of Japanese, I just said that man's first name is Tensai. His birth name was Yutaka, but he changed it to Tensai, which means genius. And I don't know how anybody let him do that. You can't just name yourself (laughs) genius. It was animated by Madhouse. I don't know if any of these guys own that studio. Oh, I think they wanted Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who did uh, Vampire Hunter, I believe. They wanted him to direct this one. But he's like, nah, that story's not my style. I can't do that shit. But you can use Madhouse. And so they did this one. And Stink Bomb also, like Magnetic Rose, has amazing art style and animation. This, like Akira, is... If you like animation and want to see what a movie budget and Otomo can do, you got to see memories. Cannon Fodder, however, looks totally different. The yeah. mouth flaps don't match either language. It looks like a zombie. They look like zombies. Uh, it's. I mean, it's an interesting style, and it's it's animated by Studio 4C, who seems to mostly do collabos with Western mm. animated properties. I think their biggest one was Justice League and the Flashpoint Paradox, which is a animated comic book 
movie that people really love. People say that's really good. Uh, I might I might have gotten the title wrong, but people Flashpoint Paradox is close enough, right? I'm sure there's American comics nerds that want to kick my ass. Um, but this this was interesting stylistically. It's all one shot. It's all one like scene that just sort of shows you. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. But I read it mm. when I was googling. Is this? Did we watch a cutoff version? Are we missing something? Because it ends so abruptly. Um. It felt, and it didn't really have like a conflict or anything. Like there was no like, because uh, like I was thinking like, oh, maybe the boy is gonna learn something bad about this, or or it's gonna have some kind of social commentary thing. I don't know, but it didn't. It didn't do it, that. There is commentary here, but it's like very obvious. And I was like thinking to myself, like, if this was Miyazaki, there'd be two adorable children who love animals and hate war, and they would fuck up this whole thing, mm-hmm. and it would be great. But this movie just shows you like a fascist ass society is very on the nose. Everything they do is about firing giant cannons. There's Nazi SS symbols. Yeah, the Schutzstaffel SS is like their S in their alphabet. The text did look cool, but specifically that one was not cool because I don't like Nazis. You guys are with me, right? Yeah, Nazis are bad. Yeah. Did you mean that? But yeah. wait a minute. Let, let's talk about it. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the whole thing is showing. It starts out showing this boy who's like I, who's like saluting the the president or whoever, some high ranking official, in his house, and he's talking about how he's going to be a general and he he's going to fire the cannon. He's not going to be a lowly cannon feeder like his his dad. And they show the dad going to work climbing this immense thing to load the the rounds into a cannon uh, and they fire it. And then he fucks up the second shot somehow. He like drops the round or maybe it's not his fault, but he gets blamed for it. And they're like, you have to stand here on the platform while we fire it. And he doesn't put his helmet back on. I don't know if he's forbidden for putting his helmet back on, but... It's just basically like this is a fascistic society where if you fuck up and you're not perfect, we're just going to mm-hmm. punish you, even if it's really inhumane. Uh, and what I love about it is then he goes home and the boy comes home and, and has heard about this like canon thing that malfunctioned or whatever. And he's just the boy's like, why are we fighting anyway? <laughs> and the dad just says, we'll tell you when you're older. You'll, he says, you'll understand when you're older. And the boy is like, oh, OK. It's it's like what is this boy even going to school for if he doesn't know what they're fucking fighting for? <laughs> what is this like? The yeah, school if the whole is like society, yeah, is oriented <laughs> around war. Then he should know. Yeah, that's true. And then yeah, he uh, he goes to sleep because it's just somehow it's an unbroken twenty minute shot, but it shows the whole day. So I don't know how that's possible, but I don't know. When he's in bed, he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to be an officer who fires the cannons." Because they also show this stupid like adorned in in ribbons and regalia like fancy pants guy has to climb the top of the cannon and just like wave his sword to tell guys to fire it like he doesn't even push the button and that's what this boy says he wants to be and then as he's sleeping an air raid siren is heard and a blue light sweeps across his window and the film ends i guess the idea is just the film is being like and by the way they're gonna be attacked too that's what a war 
loving society would have to deal with. But it, I don't know. It just it feels like commentary that's like extremely obvious. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was more about the art style, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't love it. Yeah, it was a snoozer for me. It sounds like you really got some snoozes. And I think like it being uncut probably made it more boring. Mm. Yeah, there's no characters really to give a shit about. You might you might care about the kid. I don't know. But that's no, funny. I hated him. Oh, sorry. Uh, Studio 4C also made Mind Game, which I hear is really good, but is just like experimental, doesn't have much of a plot. Spriggan, uh, Tekken Concrete, which I think you've seen, Miles. Yeah, one of my brother's faves. And they did the Berserk Golden Age arc like OVAs from 2012. Uh, Good shit. And a French-Japanese anime film called Motofukas. Uh-huh. And apparently it's called 4, 4C because it's like 4 degrees Celsius, which is the temperature at which water is most dense. Uh, which I don't understand. I would think water is most dense at 1 degree before it freezes. I don't really know. I'm dumb. Uh, yeah, this last one felt tacked on. The, the, the memories, the movie feels like two movies. One that's like kind of psychological, Black Mirror. What if your memories were a computer? Stink Bomb is just like, look how dumb the military and government are, but also look at all this cool action. Listen to these cool songs. And then Cannon Fodder is like, what if a movie looked like this? Also, war is bad. Yeah. <laughs> they did something weird, though, where it was like, they sometimes move in 3D space, like the camera moves back in a hallway, and you can tell that they have 2D art for the hallways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. That was weird. It was like, okay, this is unique, but don't know if I love it. But the art styles of the first two are uh, fantastic. Um, overall, I'd recommend this movie. That's what I got to say. Yeah. yeah, you should watch it. If you like anime movies. Yeah. If no. you're listening to this and you don't like anime movies, I wonder why you're doing that, but also would recommend Just fans else. of us. Just fans of us. Um, I don't know. You could, you could watch the first one of these and decide if you think anime is cool. Mm. I don't have to watch all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was cool. I would check out more Katsuhiro Otomo anime anthology films, but I don't know if I'd do them for this podcast because I bet get the feeling they're not as good. And if well, but oh, but if Satoshi Kon is involved again, then I definitely want to see his shit. Yeah, that guy seems fucked up. He's fucked up, and he makes me feel kind of bad, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rest in peace, Satoshi Kon. Yeah. Rip. Rest in paradise that an AI computer perpetuates for you. Mm. Rest in perpetuous memories. Really good. Thank you. Uh, anyway, that's it. If there was yeah, an, that's it. If there was an equivalent of a blue light sweeping across our windows, we would abruptly end this podcast. But I want to tell you that you can follow us on Twitter. Look us up there. We're at JJBpod. We have a Discord that a fan, a listener, started for us. The link to join that Discord 
is in the description of this episode. And I'm thinking about streaming some stupid slasher movies in there. So join up. I might play some slashers that we didn't get to watch before Halloween. Yay. And you can email us your longer thoughts or recommendations, jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com. Next week's episode will be about more GTO, Great Teacher Onizuka. We will do episodes four, five, and six if they are all regular length episodes. Otherwise, we will do something else. But anyway, have a great week. And don't go up any ladders. If you have children, goodbye. Uh, see ya. Bye. Bye.